Before we begin, if you like what you hear on Mile High Report Radio Podcast, don't forget to rate and review us on Apple Podcasts, and go ahead and click subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. You're listening to Mile High Report Radio with your hosts, Adam Malnati and Ian St. Clair. Get involved with the Denver Broncos conversation at milehighreport.com. And now it's time to get to work. Adam, I know everyone listening to this probably agrees with you in that they should have never made The Godfather Part 3. But one of the famous scenes from all the Godfather movies that is quoted in basically anything mafia related, if you watch The Sopranos, it gets played ad nauseum, it gets impersonated. So here we are coming into week four against the Baltimore Ravens. And after this game, everyone is Al Pacino. Just when I think I'm out, they pull me back in. We're back to 2020, 2019, 2018, 2017. Yeah, uh, I hate that movie. It's terrible. Um, try never to reference it. It's uh, like when people say, well, do you like The Godfather? My, my statement on The Godfather, just to try and not have to talk about the Broncos too much here, is that one and two are essentially the same movie. Like, not the same movie as in it's the same thing, but it's it's one big long movie. That's six hours of of, of sheer bliss. It's a it's cinematic perfection. Uh, in my opinion, those two movies are two of the 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 perfect movies that have ever been made. Right? I mean, there are some perfect movies. Those are two of them, uh, especially um, Part Two, which I th- I think is maybe the greatest sequel ever if you want to call it a sequel although i think they're just a continuation of them uh three is like the um the uh the i I guess the crazy uncle that everyone has disowned because uh he says dumb things and brings you know bud light to a, a funeral and cracks it open in the middle of it and um says mean things about i don't know he's we don't acknowledge Three. Three is three is not acknowledged. We've disowned three. We're moving on from three. Just like I hope we can move on from this horrible, horrible football game. Uh, after we'd felt so good for three, we almost got a solid month of feels. Good feels, you know, where we were excited and enjoying football again. We were back to smiling. Von Miller dancing and touchdowns and Teddy two gloves. And now, <sighs> just, I... I don't feel like it's as backwards as you do. I don't feel like we took a step backwards like like you do. I think you're you're probably right in some respects. It just to me it served as a really good reminder of where this team was last season and the season before. And I, and I won't go any further than that because that's the Drew Lock years. And I don't want to dog on Drew Lock too much, but it, it did give me at least some sort of like vindication of, okay, I think this was probably the right move to go with Teddy as the starter. Cause drew lock looked a little lost when he, when he did get into the game, not that the offense looked all that good with Teddy Bridgewater in the game either. Like I don't, there's find something good to say about this game and, and and you'll, I'll I'll send you a nickel. I mean, there's very few things that we can talk about and we've got a couple, right? We, we wrote some, I wrote some things down. And so it's not all, you know, it's not all garbage cans and uh, uh, dirt clods and, and poop bags, but it is not pretty. And when I say they pull us back in, it's to reference the game because it's still a long season. 
We have no idea what's going to happen next week against Pittsburgh. But for this game, this was a bad performance. It was a bad showing. Maybe a handful of guys deserve a call out for the way they played. Caden Stearns and Javante Williams, two of the rookies. Uh, Sam Martin, as you as we talked about before the, the podcast, punting 10 times and having two inside the 20. So, I, I mean, but I mean, that's it. Maybe, maybe Noah Fant for getting the lone touchdown. Brandon McManus for not missing his extra point. <laughs> I, I mean, this was a bad football game. And it wouldn't have mattered who was the quarterback. They were not going to solve that Ravens defense. Yeah, that's a, and that's a really good point. I, and and I know that I sort of started to kind of be a little harsh on Drew Locke there, but but you're right. Whether it was Teddy Bridgewater or Drew Locke, this Ravens football team is very good. Uh, heading into this game, we were definitely very high on uh, what we had seen from the Denver Broncos, and we didn't want, I think, we didn't want to believe that you should discount what they had done simply because the three teams they had played were terrible. And so we didn't discount them. And I still don't think you should discount them for that. But it this is this game to me was a good example of what the Denver Broncos are. The Denver Broncos are the best of the bad teams. Maybe that's the, the nicest thing to say here. I think if you were to line up all of the terrible teams in the NFL, the Broncos would beat them all. Uh, the Broncos would have no problem with that. But if you lined up all of the, the playoff teams in the NFL, they're not going to get very many of them. This game showed me that. This, as I was watching this game, sort of solidified to me that there's still a long way to go. And as good as we wanted them to be and we hope that they will be, right now they are not going to compete with the Ravens and the Chiefs of the world. They, they might compete with the Raiders. I don't know. I'm not sure I, I believe in the Raiders yet because I don't believe in the Raiders anyway. I, it... it it was just sort of an eye-opening experience to watch this game and go, oh, yeah, that's right. There are real football teams in the NFL that are not the Jets, that are not the Jags, and that are not the Giants. Who The, the Jets and Giants won in overtime today. What is going on in the NFL? And I think it's important not to go to the extremes. Like, it, yes, this loss was horrible. But what's going to be very telling is how they respond. Is how does Vic Fangio and the leadership of this team come back from this loss heading into Pittsburgh? And I'm curious to see how long Teddy Bridgewater could be out if he is going to be out in any extended period of time. My biggest problem from this game is how in the hell is that not a roughing the passer penalty when Teddy Bridgewater's head is being targeted by the Ravens defender? He was concussed on that play. That's a play that the NFL supposedly wants to get rid of. But it wasn't a taunting penalty, so it wasn't flagged. The other aspect of this that has to be talked about, and it's not an excuse, but we have to talk about it, is the injuries. Holy smokes. The the injury mojo has not stopped for the Broncos because even being down Dalton Reisner and Graham Glasgow, your starting guards, which isn't ideal, then you lose Teddy Bridgewater. Patrick Sertan gets hurt later in the game, but he didn't play that well to begin with. He was being targeted and picked on by Lamar Jackson. But 
I mean, at some point, the injuries are going to are going to pile up, especially against a good team like the Ravens. But at the same point, they're dealing with injuries, too, and they're still winning football games. That's a you know, that's that's something that is uh, born out of a well-prepared, well-coached, well-put-together football team. And, and I have been uh, a big proponent of Vic Fangio saying that he needed more time. I, I like what he's done with the defense. I still do. Quite frankly, they only gave up 23 points uh, when they could have given up a lot more. This defense was still good, even if they weren't the, the great defense that we were hoping for. And what have we said? If they score 25 points, they're going to win games. Well, they didn't score 25 points. They scored seven. So they were short, uh, whatever the number is there, 18 points. So... It, they didn't quite get to what they needed there. And really they only needed 17 more points and they win that game. They just didn't have the offense in this particular, uh, on this Sunday, this, this particular Sunday, there was very little offense. And that is reminiscent of the problems that they had last season and the season before, right? 2020, 20, 2019 and beyond, obviously. And we know that if the defense is going to play as well as it always does, and it did play well-ish, it was again they they didn't look great. There were some guys that had good days. You mentioned Caden Stern, so I want to shout out again because what a day for him! I was really impressed. Like he sort of blew me away. Um, and then there were guys that uh, that didn't have the the same sort of output that they'd had in the last few games. Patrick Sertan is one of them, right? PS two was like you said picked on and he struggled he's a rookie I'm gonna forgive that I'm gonna I'm gonna say I'm gonna chalk that up to it's it's hard to be a rookie in the NFL and so it is what it is the Ravens were just the better team if, if you just if you just want to look at it and say well who won well the Ravens won and why did they win because they're the better team they are overall still better than the Denver Broncos period. That's the only reason. And of course, that's a sort of a silly, well, of course, that's the reason. Yeah, but it is the reason. And it helps us as fans, I think. It kind of brings us back down. It centers us a little bit. It allows us to uh, remind ourselves that as excited as we are and as excited as we should be about this football team, I'm not taking anything away from that that sort of feel good. They're, look, they're three and one after the first four games. We haven't been here in a long time. Feel good about that. This game serves as a bit of a warning. The defense struggled at times. Lamar Jackson's dynamic. They were going to pick on Patrick Sertan. There are a lot of things that go into that. The offense is predicated on the ability of the quarterback to not get sacked and to make smart decisions. And as soon as Teddy Bridgewater was taken out of the game, you have Drew Locke come in, and there was really no coming back at that point because John Harbaugh doesn't allow bad quarterbacks to beat him. And I know that I, I'm going back to the whole, well, Drew Locke was, was the reason. He's not. If Teddy Bridgewater hadn't been concussed and hadn't been uh, knocked out of the game, I don't think they win the game anyway. I think it's a little closer. I do. I think maybe they get one more score. Maybe they, maybe they get another touchdown and possibly a field goal, maybe two more scores. But they still don't win the game. And that, to me, is, is the important part of this, is when we look at this game and we examine what happened and you, you sort of nitpick with stats and you go through and you say, well, like I, I said to you before, I said, well, you know, Kareem Jackson had, what did I say it was, like nine tackles or something like that? I mean, <laughs> Kareem Jackson had nine tackles. That's awesome. Uh, it also means that they were getting to Kareem Jackson. They were getting past that first and second level and getting all the way to Kareem Jackson. So double-edged sword there. Yay, he got all those tackles. Oh, he had to have all those tackles, right? So 
it is a, a situation where take this game, I think, with a grain of salt. Take it as a learning opportunity for a team that is still figuring out their overall identity. We know that they're going to play good defense. We know that when uh, when they're when they're on on offense, when they're good on offense, it's a steady offense. We know that the special teams is suspect. Although again, Sam Martin had a, a good day. Punt the ball ten times. You're going to kick some good punts. They're just not. They're not on the same level, right? If you put, want to put them in the tiers, you know, the, the kids do the tiers now. You know, like your S tiers and your A tiers and all that stuff. I think the Broncos probably fall in a C tier level if you want to want to go with that, which means they're going to struggle with teams like the Ravens. I think there's two big concerns from this game that could ultimately end up defining this season. One of the things that we heard talked about coming into this game was the Broncos secondary against the Ravens receivers. Lamar Jackson absolutely shredded that Broncos secondary. Absolutely shredded it. Now you're going up against, while I I get it, an aging quarterback in Ben Roethlisberger, he has better receivers going into Pittsburgh. Derek Carr has better receivers with the Las Vegas Raiders. For all the talk about how good this secondary was, the secondary was atrocious against the Ravens. In that matchup, the Broncos got owned. I, I, I mean, to me, that's the biggest surprise and ultimately the biggest concern that I have from this football game. Because that was... I mean, it was talked about all season. We talked about it all off season. How good this Broncos secondary was going to be. It just got shredded by Lamar Jackson and a receiving core where your top receiver is Marquise Brown. He's no Juju Smith-Schuster or Claypool or Deontay Johnson. Yeah, just for a frame of reference, Jackson threw for uh, 316 yards. And uh, Marquise Brown had four catches for 91 and a touchdown. So, uh, it, and it's not just the yardage; <laughs> it's the 22 for 37. So, I mean, he was uh, the thing about Lamar Jackson is that you can pressure him, but he's like John Elway; he just he keeps the play alive. So, I mean, the Broncos did an okay job of getting after him and getting the pressure, but the the obvious game plan, and we talked about it was to have Lamar Jackson beat him with his arm, and he did that in a massive way. You've been listening to Mile High Report Radio. Get involved in the discussion at milehighreport.com. And as always, go Broncos! Broncos!